The second Invitational lived up to the hype last weekend, with all sorts of surprises happening along the way. Also, I sat down with Kyo of FT Wen and LSDJ to get their takes on the Invitational and to look forward to the North America Inkling Open Finals Qualifier event this weekend. All of that is up on the docket for this week's episode of the Weekly Splat. Hello there, Inklings, Octolings, and whatever other sea creatures you may identify as. My name is Kbot, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Splat, where I discuss some of the news and happenings in the competitive Splatoon scene in the past week. If you wish, feel free to send me a voice message through the Anchor mobile app about anything discussed today, including your predictions for the North America Inkling Open. If you're not listening via Anchor, you can also send a quick voice clip to ecofeedsplat at gmail.com. Apologies that this specific episode is a little bit behind when I normally post it. It's been quite a busy week for me. Without any further ado, let's hop right into it. The Invitational was the primary event of last weekend, where 16 different teams went head-to-head to determine the best the West has to offer. What were the results? Well, on Saturday... A group stage was held, where four teams faced off in a round robin, and the top two punched their ticket to the bracket stage on Sunday. In Group A, the Japanese pickup undecided went undefeated and advanced along with Ghost. Global Breakout finished third, and Polar Ace finished fourth. The Ghost versus Undecided match just barely tipped in favor of Undecided in five games. In Group B, arguable favorites of the tournament in Kraken Paradise only dropped one game and advanced along with Demise. Super Meme placed third, and Nuance placed fourth. Demise was able to take a game off Kraken Paradise, and Super Meme beat Nuance in a close 3-2 set. In Group C, North America's last hope in FT win continued to do their thing, going undefeated and advancing along with Cheap Cheap Squad. Astral placed third, and El Firmament placed fourth, but the match between FT Win and El Firmament was only 3-2 in favor of FT Win. That just goes to show you how close these teams truly are. And lastly, in Group D, Loki edged out Backsquids in a 3-2 set to take first. In Control caused quite a commotion in the group, however, but fell just short of making it to Day 2 in third, and Deep Blues placed fourth. On Sunday, the double elimination top 8 bracket took place. Undecided was forced to play with a substitute player, and placed 7th along with Cheap Cheap Squad. In losers quarterfinals, Backsquids got the run back against Loki and took the set 3-1, putting Loki with Demise in 5th place. Meanwhile, on the winner's side, Ghost met FT Win in winner's finals, where FT Win beat Ghost in a close game 7. Backsquids then met Kraken Paradise in Losers semifinals, where Kraken Paradise took the set. Ghost then had to go up against Kraken Paradise again. After beating them 3-1 on the winner's side, however, they couldn't quite replicate the same results, and Kraken Paradise took the set 4-3. Feed to Win went on to beat Kraken Paradise in Grand Finals 4-1, winning the Invitational. In order to reflect on their win a little bit, I got to sit down with the mechanical god himself, Kyo. Have a listen to what he had to say about the Invitational, and see what his team's focusing on next as they prepare for the Inkling Open. Kyo, thanks for sitting down with me tonight. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, first of all, can, congrats on winning the Invitational this weekend. What's it feel like? Uh, I felt pretty good, because 
for a while now, we've had problems trying to get our full roster, or like me, Shaq, Toon, and Ice to play attorney for various reasons. And when we finally got it together, we won the tourney, so it feels pretty good. Cool. Uh, so within the last two weeks with the GSM Grand Prix finals event and the Invitational, uh, it seems as though you specifically have been able to come up with some of the uh, most clutch plays we've seen in quite a long time. Uh, <laughs> what allows you to kind of do that, or what mentality do you have when you're kind of making those sorts of plays? Um, so a lot of times I get really quiet in VC, and I just I just focus down on my own gameplay. Uh, it's probably bad for my team if I if I mess up, but it works out sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you haven't messed up yet. <laughs> yeah. I before I look at my role as it used to be when I played Blaster, I just think of myself as hey, I I, I help my team and then I go for a hard carry play if I can. But now I'm not playing that weapon, so I still kind of have the same mindset though. Gotcha. It's been working out so far. I mean, hey, whatever works, right? Uh, so that aside, how do you think you were able to uh like go on a tear specifically, or like as a team, how do you think you were able to go on a tear this weekend, taking down like Kraken Paradise and Ghost? Um, how do you think you were able to pull that off as a team? I think, um, I think we are a very flexible team. Like we, none of us are really one trick weapons anymore, except for like Shaq, but that's just because his weapons fits and everything. And I think we. We try to play counter comps against every team we play. So we scrimmed each of those three teams, and we we're thinking what counters these teams because no one else really changes things up very much. So it's kind of predictable on their part. And in a turdy setting, there's not that much time for them to adapt. So like, if we switch something up, it's it's pretty jarring for them. So really, just like being the most flexible as possible as a team you know not really having like one player but multiple players on that team who can kind of shift and mold to adapt to whatever you're up against next yeah um all right so do you think that i mean obviously i hypothetically know how you're going to answer this question but uh i'll ask it anyway do you think that um ft win as a team is going to be able to consistently beat like Kraken Paradise and Ghost and those teams um, in tournament settings, like where it matters? Or do you think that, you know, that might have just been a, oh, hey, cool story, guys. But uh, like, like Inkstorm Cup last time around, you know, you guys kind of won that and then you disappeared for a little while. Uh, what do you, what do you think the plan is now? I think we theoretically could beat all these teams consistently but the thing is i think teams are going to try to shake things up now and make it more challenging because i just think people have been doing the same thing for too long so like once you do that people are gonna catch on to it and catch up i think our biggest problem before is we got super nervous during all sets like call outs are all over the place everyone's repeating everything and this time we just like focused on hey let's let's just calm down take it one step at a time and let's focus on the game at hand. Let's not complain mid-game. Let's talk about things afterwards and things like that. All right, so uh, looking ahead to um, 
the Inkling Open. Uh, you know, obviously, that's a major ongoing event coming up. Um, how do you guys feel? I mean, kind of specifically, you know, looking ahead at the top eight, how do you guys feel about your match versus upgrade? And then um, how do you feel beyond that with um, the Inkling Open as a whole? Um, for our match versus upgrade, I think I think I'm worried the most. Not not because I think we're like we're we're gonna lose, but they run really weird comps, and it's kind of we don't have their matchup experience. Like Dynamo, I, I think the weapon's insane, and I just we just don't know how to handle it. But we've been scrimming versus Alpharmament because they have a Dynamo main to try to prepare for that specific matchup. Um, what in terms of the Inkling Open as well? Oh, what's up? What What is it specifically about, like Dynamo? Um, it's it's just been absent for like a really long time. So it's like, I I think it's good, but I think it's just no one's been playing it. So it's like, okay, I don't know how to deal with this thing. It has insane fall off damage. I can't like do normal sloshing machine things and sit below it because it'll just kill me. Okay. And then, sorry, you were about to continue about, uh, like, the Inkling Open, the rest of the Inkling Open. Uh, I think we have a pretty good shot at getting second or first in total. I'm not really worried about any teams. I think the most challenging team is probably what, which is a fuzzy speaker. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all I have for you specifically. Do you have any other kind of comments you'd like to give? Uh, I I want people to start looking at the game as more flexible because like, um, recently I'm big on watching like other esports and things like League and Overwatch. So like, I try to apply that same mindset to our team. It's like, hey, what if we just like do these specific things here and counter comps there, and it's been working. And like, I think people should try to adopt that strategy instead of saying, okay, this comp's good, let's run it literally everywhere, no matter what weakness may come with it. So, uh, actually, along those lines, uh, did you like the kind of the GSM format, too, of counterpicking the maps and counterpicking the modes? Yes. Sorry? I, I love that format. It's, I think it's really fun. It, it takes away... Maybe it's because it's new, but every if attorneys don't have that they all kind of feel the same sure especially with like the map list being pretty static mm-hmm. not saying that i want every map in attorney because it's not what i'm asking for right it's just like i think counter picking is pretty good for teams like hey we are at a disadvantage we can try to turn this around and i think it gives incentive to win the first set because then it, if you make it to the third set then you counter it's on your counter pick for mode so mm-hmm. i think it's just like fair in a competitive way all right cool well uh thanks for so much for joining me congrats again on the win last weekend and best of luck uh with the inkling open coming up thank you for having me thanks for good luck <laughs> no problem i also got the opportunity to catch up with little sound dj who commentated the invitational this weekend to get his thoughts on everything that transpired. All right, LSGJ, thanks for joining me tonight. LSGJ, yes, that's me. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. A little tired. Yeah, can relate to that. 
Um, so obviously this weekend, uh, you commentated the Invitational. Uh, so I just want to kind of get your overall thoughts on that, uh, and kind of like what stood out to you from the event. Um, well, I mean, I think the clear takeaway was how much better FTW was playing, uh, as opposed to recently. Um, you know, it's kind of a return to form for them and it was actually pretty impressive to watch. Um, but overall, like just a lot of really hype sets and it was really fun to commentate. Uh, did anything kind of stand out to you, especially in reference to like the group stage at all? I know, I know we tend to kind of like gloss over that fact, but, or like, you know, the fact that groups exist, but, uh, I, I wouldn't say that there's like anything that surprised me too much. Um, I'd say that la the last group, group D may have been a little, a little too closely matched if I had to say something, cause it was just, you know, all NA teams that were all you know, relatively the same level. So it was kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it was necessarily a bad thing because it was fun to watch. It was just like compared to like the first two groups, it was just kind of like a stark contrast. Yeah, sure. Um, So going back to uh, Feed the Win, how do you think they were able to beat Kraken Paradise when it came to playing? Um, I mean, a bit of uh, Keo just going off and a bit of Shaq... Uh, clearly practicing a lot more because he was playing a lot better than he has in the recent months so yeah. very i think that was helping them a lot having the four really good but also just keo going off like crazy mm -hmm. and the meta kind of complemented what they were what they were playing i think they kind of get a good grasp on what's good right now okay um so kind of going along those lines uh taking a look at the overall na versus eu argument uh, this is obviously the first time we've had a North American team beat a European team in a large setting in quite some... Or, like, when I say North American and Europe team, I mean, like, the best of the best here. Like, we haven't really seen a North American team recently take down... You mean or, since FTW won against KP and... <laughs> in Inkstorm what? Ingstorm Cup? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess if you want to go back to that. But that was... Even that was, like, what? Six that was like ago. six months ago or something yeah. like that, maybe more. Yeah, so it's... for a while, you know, Europe has clearly not dominated. Um, so do you think that the skill gap between North America and Europe is narrowing? Or do you think that it's just kind of like FT win actually practicing and actually being good again? Um, that's kind of, and they're kind of like carrying an egg on their shoulders. Well, it's it's kind of, it's just hard to compare because... If you think about it, there's two teams that NA always had that was competing at the top, and that was STDX and FTWIN, and before them, obviously, like, you know, the various pickups and groups that basically ended up forming FTWIN. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and EU has the two teams that do really well comparatively to other teams, which is Ghost and uh, Kraken Paradise, obviously. It's just the, the, that step below EU is kind of dominated for a while. Um, like just recently you have low key kind of performing in that same level as like back squids and, you know, those kinds of teams. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a new thing to see NA's, you know, not the top tier, but the, the st one step down could almost be top tier kind of teams are they're They're getting a lot better recently. And that's, that's good to see. What do you think is kind of the reasoning for that? Is that just like North American teams are actually practicing or like, you know, what, is there another kind of meta shift or something that we're kind of seeing right now? 
Well, it's a lot of practicing, but also the teams that are stepping up are the ones that just got sponsored recently. Like Loki's been doing really well. Um, like Deep Blues was doing well while they were Hive, and I think they kind of had a break once the Hive thing kind of stopped. And you know, I think they're just kind of getting back into it now. So I'll see. If, we'll see if their rust com comes off. But then In Control has also been stepping up. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of rising NA teams, and they're getting better like every week. So global breakout, I think you can throw in there too. Yeah, glo global breakout, you can throw in there as well. Um, Especially them, honestly, because they they yeah. they went from you know middle of the pack in NA, and now they're doing like among the best in NA. So very very big climb for them already. Mm -hmm. Um. So now looking ahead, uh. I'm I'm almost dubbing this like invitational season because we've got so many kind of different events coming up. Um, obviously, this coming weekend is the um, top eight matches for the North America England Open. Uh, who the winners of each match are going on to uh, PAX East in at the end of March. I should have a calendar up, but I don't at the moment. I think it's at the end of March. I'll yeah, it's like later. the 30th or something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, it is the 30th. Um, so, in that, we have um, what, which is the uh, pickup, versus LMNR, Loki versus Ink Sigma, FT Win versus Upgrade, and Demise versus Luminacy, or Global Breakout. Um, so, do you have any predictions heading into this weekend? Or do you have any predictions, uh, you know, kind of for the Inkling Open, you know, thinking more long-term, like who's going to take it all? Um, I mean, what is basically STDX with the fulfilling the meme of minus Hexen but GGs? But, <laughs> you know, if anything, it might be an upgrade just because Hexen hasn't been playing. So, you know, it, they're definitely doing going to be doing very well. I think... You know, I think they're probably going to win their match. And same with Loki. I think they'll win their match. Uh, the other two, you know, prior to this past weekend, I would have said that other, both other matches might be easier to upset. Although now that I've seen FT win play as well as they have, I think they're going to be upgrade pretty handily. Um, the other one I would say is Demise Luminacy because um, Luminacy has probably been more consistently lately, which obviously their name has changed. They're... They're global not breakout, global breakout, no. but yeah. um, they they're they've been more consistent. But demise has always had that, you know, X factor of if they're all playing well, they destroy people. So yeah. you know that one that one's kind of a toss up. But as far as winning it all, I think it's like I'll be surprised if it's not what or FT win. Um, except I'm pretty sure FT win can't actually go, so maybe not FT win. <laughs> <laughs> Not this again. Not yeah, this I think again. one of them said they already said they can't go, so they might. I think they were playing to just kind of see how they did. I don't know if they're uh. gonna be able to go to the final thing. Um, that might be old information too. I don't know if things have changed in the yeah. last couple weeks, but uh, yeah, last I heard, I don't think they were gonna be able to go. So, ouch, that sucks. All right, so again, along the lines of looking ahead, um, in two weeks coming up is the uh, official Splatoon to European Championship for 2019, uh, mm -hmm. which obviously invites a bunch of different teams from um, that kind of represent each country um, that might not necessarily be playing with the exact same teams uh, that we're used to seeing. So kind of 
thinking about that, do you have any predictions uh, heading into that event? Um, yeah, just just kind of like loose guesses. Like I, I would say the probably the top two teams, just based on what I know of them, is uh, likely Nordic or France, um, just because of how stacked those rosters are. Um, but other ones that I could see doing well um, would be um, like Italy and UK, obviously, just because of them also having some very very good well-known players as well um the other teams i'm not as familiar with so i will have i'll have to watch to figure out when when mm-hmm. does it actually happen june the oh, it'll actually march take place march uh 9th and 10th that gotcha. weekend gotcha. i i don't so, know yeah. i don't know exactly like where it's going to be streamed or exactly all that yet um but yeah two weeks gotcha yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, the thing that I've always, you know, the European championships I've always felt are a little weird because they're forcing, you know, country-based teams where, you know, the rest of the Splatoon scene doesn't really work in that fashion except for France, really. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just kind of hard to make predictions based on those teams because I don't really see the scrims. Right. I just kind of hear about it afterward. Yeah. Okay, well... On that note, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. No problem. Hope to see you around. Yep, thanks. In case you're not already aware, there are currently eight teams remaining in the North American Inkling Open. These teams will play their top eight bracket matches on Saturday, March 2nd, to determine who gets to move on to the finals event at PAX East on March 30th. The matchups are What versus Element R, Loki versus Ink Sigma, FT Win vs. Team Upgrade, and Demise vs. Global Breakout. Team What includes many familiar names to fans. They represent the previous two-time North American champions in the old Deadbeat and Set to Destroy X. Can Penguin clinch the opportunity to go for a three-peat with Fuzzy, Power, Bursty, and Tic Tac on his side? Or can popular Twitch personality Melina and her teammates Noodle, JSRF, Deed, and Ignis be able to pull off an upset. Loki looks hot coming off of their good placements in the Invitational last weekend, featuring the One, Kotetsu, Arashi, and Gamaru, along with their substitute Killer2+. However, there are a lot of unknowns surrounding Ink Sigma. What can Astro, Kraken, Ross, Mewtwo, and Pokesmork do against Loki? I've already talked about FT Win pretty extensively in this episode. Heck, you even got to hear from Kyo earlier, who will be joined by Shaq, Toon, Ice, and Quavo on the battlefield. However, Kyo commented that Lag, Deadbird, Nerf and Zap, Squirt, and Cotton like to run unconventional weapon compositions. What kinds of surprises might Upgrade have in store for us? And lastly, Demise proved that they are still a force to be reckoned with this weekend. The hyper-aggressive playstyle that Zero, Razael, DJ, Tension, and Zigzag bring to the table can often be enough to ruin your day. However, Global Breakout is surely looking for some redemption after the weekend in a tough group, and Jared, Umbre, Muti, Fluffy, and Gray are looking to make something special happen. Don't miss the finals qualifier event of the North American Inkling Open on Nintendo's Twitch and YouTube channel on Saturday, March 2nd, with Smash and Splatoon coverage starting at noon Eastern. Don't fear, Europe, I'm not forgetting about you. Next week, you can look forward to a wrap-up of the Inkling Open qualifier event, 
as well as a preview of the 2019 Splatoon 2 European Championship. That concludes this week's episode of the Weekly Splat. In reviewing today's episode, I noticed that I was a little bit echoey due to the room I was in. Sorry about that, I hope I don't have to do this too frequently. If you're interested to learn more about what I focused on today, be sure to check out some of the links in the description of this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, and follow me on Twitter for consistent updates at kbot underscore 273. If you have any feedback, feel free to message me there as well. The Weekly Splat works in tandem with Ecofeed, as both products aim to keep you, Splatoon players, informed about the competitive community. If you're not already following Ecofeed on Twitter, I suggest you do to stay up to date on the most recent competitive Splatoon news. I'd love to hear what you think about the current state of Splatoon. What are your predictions for the North America Inkling Open? To chime in, send me a voice message through the Anchor mobile app, or, if you're not listening via Anchor, send a quick voice clip to ecofeedsplat at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, Cephalopods, and happy splatting.